Maybe if you don't want to talk, you could just listen. Fostering you are listening to your third favorite above average and infinitely curious podcast, Dimed Out. It is season two, episode seven. And uh, yeah, have we got something for you this week? If you caught the end of last week's episode, I did tease that this would be quite the cryptic exploration. And I think this is going to more than deliver. If you are a regular and consistent listener and you manage to catch episode 5, our sort of magical mystery tour of YouTube, then you will be aware that I also hinted in that episode at something that I sort of stumbled across in my research that I was going to do a whole separate episode on. And that is what is happening here. This is that episode. If you haven't listened to episode 5, then, yeah, honestly, uh, it's definitely worth listening to. I know I say that about every episode I sort of talk about and give past reference to, but that one, yeah, because we tried something different. I dove into my To Watch Later playlist on YouTube, and I pulled out some random topics, and we kind of went all over the map. Yeah, we touched on so many different things from chimpanzee communities to philosophy to extreme train surfing to performance art in norway yeah it was uh it was kind of random to say the least it was a topical jukebox is how i think i referred to it as uh, my mind on shuffle so if you haven't checked out episode five and some of those things sound appealing you want to dive into them more we got into the psychology of a dude that only ate mac and cheese for his entire life up until the point that that video was made. So there is a, a insight for you to go back and listen to episode 5 if you haven't done but so But yeah, already. there was a lot of stuff in that episode. There was also a lot of stuff that I didn't actually get around to covering that I wanted to. So maybe at some point down the line, maybe even in this season, we'll do a second sort of spin of the wheel with the random subjects and, and dive a little bit further into my YouTube to watch later playlist and cover some of the stuff that kind of got missed out, and some other stuff as well. If you've got recommendations for particular topics or subjects that you'd like me to dive into, not just for that type of episode, but just in general, if there's something you'd like me to focus solely on for a single episode, please let me know what it is. You can get in touch with me via the usual means on the social meds. I am there. I am present for the most part. Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram primarily. Uh, you can find me at I am Mal Foster. We do, as I always say, have a Facebook group, but it's yeah, it's it's not quite as active as the Twitter and Instagram feeds. So yeah, if you've got stuff you want to suggest, those are probably your best ways to do it. So this week's episode, I don't even really know where to start or how to start. Okay, well we'll go with this. So. Episode 5, the one I've just been talking about, where we did the sort of random shuffled mix of different topics. One of the things that I came across, but didn't really quite dig into until after the fact, was the subject we're going to be talking about today. And that is a website by the name of LHOHQ. Now, if you are aware of LHOHQ, if you have seen this, if you have, I mean, stop by, you can't just stroll past this. This is something if you know of, if you've seen it, then you need to stop and investigate. It is one of those things. But if you are familiar with it, if you know about it, if maybe you've even visited it, then, uh, yeah, you kind of know where we're heading and what you can expect. If you don't, if you are completely alien to the very notion of LHOHQ then please do yourself a favor. Do not Google it. Do not look anything up. Do not research anything. Just just follow me. Take my hand. I'm going to lead you through this wonderful, weird, bewildering rabbit hole. This is going to be a journey. So you may want to go take a quick toilet break. You may want to load up on some snacks. You may want to charge your phone because this is an adventure of very strange proportions. <laughs> Joe 
HQ. As I said, this is something that I kind of discovered, sort of stumbled across whilst doing research for episode 5. And yeah, it kind of just stuck with me. How to explain it? Uh, On the surface, it's a really weird website that makes no sense. However, there is a lot more to it than that because that's not enough to just do a full episode on. There are layers to this. There are numerous rabbit holes within this central hive. A lot of people have different ideas and theories about what exactly LHOHQ is. Some people think that it's a hiding place for secret material, which can only be accessed through the correct combination of clicks and links. Some people think it is a ARG, an alternate reality game. Other people have suggested that it may actually be a honeypot device for the FBI. So, you know, there's that. Uh, Yeah, after finding out these theories and ideas, how much of them are actually true, I don't really fully know. Uh, But after finding these things out, yeah, I wanted to take a deep dive into this weird, weird website. So that's what I did. But uh, not before I turned on a VPN, because, yeah... You know. So, from the comfort of my hypothetical research centre in Iceland, I dove in to LHO HQ. Actually, I didn't jump in straight away. I actually got the wrong website to start with. You know, I just presumed it would be LHOHQ.com. It's not. So if you are wanting to take a deep dive into this website yourself at some point, that is not the right address. You would think it would be, right? I mean, it's kind of just a given that every website is now a .com. We kind of take that for granted, I guess. Anyway, LHOHQ.com is not the right website. It is basically just a landing page with a YouTube video embedded in it. But the YouTube video is a sort of cheesy, sort of, I guess, parody PSA travel infomercial for Milwaukee. This is my Milwaukee. This is my Milwaukee. This is my Milwaukee, too. Why not make it yours? So, yeah, after sort of fudging the website on my first attempt, I did get it right second go around. And if you are feeling brave and you want to take a look at this yourself, even if it is just a sort of passing glance or a deep dive, then the place you need to go is lhohq.info. That's the actual website. So, yeah, that's where you can go. The meta description, by the way, in case you were wondering, the meta description for the website on Google is, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty much a good example of what you can expect in, in terms of just nonsensical content. So this is it, the meta description for you. Leading neuro-linguistic programmers of post-hypnotic operating systems for distributed computing over human botnets. So, yeah, that's it. And if that kind of sounds like a whole bunch of hot nonsense, then pace yourself, because we are only just beginning. Yeah. So the website, it is pretty much a bare bones website. It kind of harkens back to a time of earlier internet. It's very, as they say, bare bones, very simple sort of blog template. And there are four posts that you can see. Each one has a sort of strange thumbnail, one of which is a girl with a gun. Another is what looks like a meeting of world leaders depicted by some kind of amateur attempt at clip art. And to this, you have some copy, which is kind of coherent and kind of verbose and wordy and kind of just a mix of random characters and gibberish. So yeah, that's what you are faced with when you go to the website and that's what I was faced with when I went to the website, which brings me to my point that I should have really introduced earlier. So this is going to be a mix of me talking sort of after the fact and it's going to be spliced with audio that I recorded whilst I was actually browsing the website. So yeah, you're going to get a little bit of mix in between. So, on that cue, let's jump into it. This is me kind of just looking at the initial front page and starting to explore LHOHQ and all of its strangeness. Um, let's go with <laughs> multidimensional, fourth-dimensional, dynamic, strategic customer services. Let's see if that takes us anywhere. And it does. Straight into... A landing page, and I'm being asked to translate it from French to English. I'm going to leave it for the time being. Uh, we have a GIF going on of a, of a woman posing with a gun in an old TV set. 
giant yellow text that says Donald Trump, Pinochet, Ocean, CIA, Neoliberal Mind Control, Bush, Clinton, Habsburg, and then there's like a bunch of text underneath that seems to be clipped from somewhere else. Mm. Okay, so let's dive in a little deeper, let's touch the, the, whoa, 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 that is a lot of flashing images, what looks like a man in a bikini with a gun, and people on exercise balls, and, and also just some, some really sort of cut out picture, some really bad, like, clipped photoshopping with something in the back flashing, lots of things flashing, actually. <laughs> Trying to catch it. There's so many images flashing. There's like the Facebook icon, Borat's face, somebody kneeling on a on a seat or a chair. I don't know. Wow. And there's a lot of text in the background. It's clearly some article that has been uh, posted. Yeah, this is really strange. This. So this is this is a link from what he said, mind control, and obviously it's maybe using these flashing images for subliminal purposes. <laughs> Or at least it's parodying the idea of using flashing images for subliminal purposes. Yeah, oh, okay. So we've, we've moved back up the page and the people with the exercise balls have now moved position. Yeah, they are moving position. It's it's kind of like a time-lapse gif. So strange. Like industrial architecture, a dude in a bikini with a gun, uh, flashing images, uh, just reams of text, and all sorts of nonsense the people with the gym balls let's click the people with the gym balls and let's see where that takes us all right so we have an image of a guy slowly dancing in a corridor we've got more flashing lights i will say this if you are looking if you're wanting to look at this website and you have epilepsy uh maybe give it a swerve i'll be honest because there are so many flashing colors here all right what have we got it looks like we have pulled up oh that's actually done is that, is that like a deep fake Donald Trump dancing? Yeah, it is. He's dancing in a sort of softly pastel lit corridor with, with people. This is, it's like a David Lynch movie on a web page. <laughs> so we've got a document here from the European Parliament, Development of Surveillance, Technology and Risk of Abuse of Economic Information. Uh, I have no idea if this is actually clipped from an official source or if this is just being made. It's really hard to actually read through because it is a background of flashing orange and blue. That is, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I cannot deal with that. It is too much. Uh, the thing is, you just randomly click on something. You don't know where it's going. Right, there's something called the watch list, let's look at that. No, that's just more flashing orange. I can't even concentrate on the descriptions. Wow. Um, and then there's there's like a bunch of countries listed in a table. I just want off this flashing page. Alright, um, law enforcement communications. I'm just trying to click anything. Oh, wow, that that was that was that was awful. We've got we've got off there because it does stop flashing once you get down. A little bit. Yeah, I don't understand what this is. In that moment, I was actually just referring to the article that I was looking at. I presume it was an article. I'm not even now entirely sure what it was. But yeah, I think that kind of applies to the whole website, that sentiment. Yeah, the, the flashing lights was a nightmare. Just pulsing blue, orange, pink, yellow, green. Just an absolute Western supermare. Especially when you're trying to read the text. You've got lines and lines of small text like pressed into the background. You've got large font. You've got strange images. It is... Yeah. I don't even know. Just like... Yeah. Every, every number on this page that looks like it's a clickable link just takes you to more screeching, vibrant, flashing light backgrounds. Oh, my days. All right, so let's go in order. Let's go to the next one, which is the... It's like an illustration of a woman's face on what looks like a hot air balloon with a bunch of gibberish. So let's have a look. God knows what this is going to lead us to. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what it is because it just flashes so quickly. Um... It's like an illustration, like an, 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 
It's not just the gun that's pointing at you. Let's just say that. Yeah, one thing I should have told you about earlier, and this is this is on me, this is my bed, is that LHOHQ is definitely not safe for work. There are some filthy drawings. There are some filthy, filthy, filthy illustrations on there that, again, like so much on this website, make no sense. I mean, hey, if dirty illustrations are your thing, if you really like a dirty cartoon, then, yeah, by all means, you're going to probably enjoy quite a bit of the content on this website. Uh, If you don't, if you are just absolutely appalled by the very notion of anything remotely pornographic in an illustration, ah, yeah, you you might want to also give this a wide berth. Yikes. Uh, Yeah. Uh, nudity and guns seems to be the sort of modus operandi of this site. We've got a line of text here, we've got like a whole block of text actually. The circle remains a bit of a mystery. Circle spelled S-E-R-C-L-E. So, don't know if that's a real thing or not. This is it, I don't know if anything on here is actually real or if it is all just like a fabrication. The circle remains a bit of a mystery. It has been acknowledged from all sides that the meetings of this group are completely off the record and that members are not supposed to speak out about these meetings at all. The Independent found out in 1997 when members just hung up the phone without saying anything, and even as late as 2008 it was reported that the Circle meetings are off the record. So obviously we are diving into some sort of uh, secret society organisation stuff here. Again, you know, take everything here with a pinch of salt. There are uh, what look like... Sort of news clippings, like photographs of people. I don't recognise any of them. It's a Saudi oil guy called Chaz W. Freeman. Looks like politicians and businessmen who are apparently members of the circle. Okay, scrolling down, we have a thing here that says, In our previous article, we already suspected that the circle is not only continuing the Cold War by trying to undermine capitalist opposition in Russia and Eastern Europe, but that it has always been severely biased in the favour of Arab countries. This is to the detriment of Israel. It's actually kind of annoying because the way that they have formatted this is that they've cut like a slice of the left-hand side off. So, for instance, I don't know what this person's name is. It just starts with Erber. So it could be Ferber, Herber, Derber. Could be anything. Anyway, this is seems kind of interesting. Erber has been a close friend to CIA spook Theodore Shankly. Shankly, who had the nickname Blonde Ghost retired from the agency in 79 and briefly went into some oil business. Alright, so this is the first real thing of genuine interest on the website at this point. That isn't just like a nauseating, headache-inducing piece of just just visceral, violently coloured blur right into all of your senses. This is the first thing on the website that actually really kind of grabbed my attention. Uh, and I want to go into this by by saying I am going to be using the word allegedly a lot, and we are taking everything that I've seen here with a pinch of salt because I've only done a sort of minimum amount of research based on this because it is really, really deep. And I feel that uh, to, to really go into it is going to take a lot longer um, than I had expected to do research for this episode. So if there's stuff in here that you would like to see tackled as a subject of its own, an episode of its own, then yes, by all means, I am perfectly willing to do that. I would like to dive into this a little bit more, but I am going to be using the word allegedly a lot because of the minimum amount of research I've done and because we are kind of delving into conspiracy theories here. And unfortunately, we are currently living in a climate where a bunch of dipshits and delusional morons have actually found themselves completely clouded by conspiracy theories and are believing the world to be an alternative universe. So, hence the word allegedly, because I'm not committing to any of this at all until I've actually done some genuine, bona fide, hard research on this. Plus, as I go into most things, I am wearing my comfortable, snug, perfectly fitting, sceptical hat. Which, by the way, I highly recommend everybody get one. They are perfectly warm, snug, perfectly warm, especially in these winter months when it's particularly chilly. They cover the ears and, as a bonus, they look great. Plus, you know, it's always healthy to question everything. So here we go with my sceptical hat on. We're diving into the circle or, as I found out through my somewhat minimum and skimmed research, 
Le Circle. So, on the LHOHQ page that I was looking at at the time, I did see various references to different people. As I said, the formatting was a bit shit. It kind of cut it off on the left-hand side, so the first few letters of certain words were missing. But there's enough in there to kind of create a little list of things to look into, which I did, some of which I mentioned just there. We had um, Theodore Shackley, known as the Blonde Ghost, Conrad Gerber from Petro Logistics, Ian Smith with a tie to Rhodesia, Colonel Corso, and a guy called Brian Crozier, who, according to the sort of cut-and-paste article that was splashed in the background of this webpage, was the former Circle chairman. So I had these, and I went off and kind of did, as I say, a little bit of skimmed research. And from what I found, and again... I'm taking everything here with a pinch of salt because I haven't done the appropriate hard in-depth research on this. But from what I have found, Le Circle is a secretive invitation-only foreign policy forum. Its focus has been opposing communism and in the 70s and 80s supporting apartheid when the group had intimate ties with and funding from South Africa. The group has been described by British Conservative MP Alan Clark as, and I'm going to have a stab at this, an Atlanticist... I think I got that right there. An Atlanticist society of right-wing dignitaries. So, in other words, Le Circle was pretty much a right-wing sort of secret society, sort of deeply embedded in a lot of issues, and by the sounds of it, kind of pushing forward their agenda, presumably through doing some shady shit. Again, because I haven't done the hard in-depth research on this yet, presumably and allegedly. Allegedly, Alan Clark also stated in his diaries that Le Circle was funded by the CIA, which is kind of interesting. One of the names I found sort of cut and paste into this webpage was Brian Crozier. Uh, I mentioned he was on the list of people to look into, and looking into Brian Crozier, I found that evidently he was indeed a former chairman of Le Circle from 1980 to 1985. I also managed to dig up a sample agenda an agenda that was presented by Brian Crozier, and it noted that its goal to change the British government had been changed by the election of Margaret Thatcher, and among others, listed these as following objectives according to their agenda. Undercover financial transactions for political aims, international campaigns aiming to discredit hostile personalities or events, and the creation of a private intelligence service specialising in a selective point of view. So it's interesting, no? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to use any of this to fuel any credibility to the current conspiracy theories that so many people just aimlessly have fallen into and believe, and have become an active part of their life and have reshaped their view of what is real and normal. You know, um, this is interesting. I don't know how true this is. I don't know how fabricated this is. Again, I haven't done the research, but it is nonetheless pretty interesting, especially when you look at those points in that agenda. Undercover financial transactions for political aims, international campaigns aiming to discredit hostile personalities or events, and the creation of a private intelligence service specialising in a selective point of view. It is, I'm not going to say Orwellian, because that phrase has been absolutely hammered out of shape, but it is clandestine, it is kind of creepy, it is, regardless of its authenticity, kind of fascinating, right? Digging into it a little bit more through my skimmed research, I did find that there are also ties to the Bilderberg meeting, which of course, if you know anything about these sort of things, if you've dug into conspiracy theories as, as something interesting, as something fascinating, as something that you can kind of separate from from day-to-day life and don't incorporate it in, in a sort of delusional reframing of the real world, if you have any interest, you obviously are aware of the Bilderberg Group, which is linked to the Bilderberg Meeting, the Bohemian Club, and of course Bohemian Grove. And then, of course, the giant 30-foot stone owl statue. If all of this is new to you and you do find it fascinating, dig into it. It is really interesting. There is a really great story from John Ronson about Bohemian Grove. Um, There's so much fascinating stuff on this. Um, But, yeah, Bilderberg ties to this kind of makes a lot of sense. And, by the way, if you are completely new to this, I'm saying Bilderberg, not Bilderbear. 
that is completely different. And as far as I know, but then again, you know, how much do we really know? <laughs> as far as I know, the Build-A-Bear workshop where you go and make your own teddy bear from scratch doesn't have its own secret intelligence service and isn't trying to fund its own political agendas. But you never know, right? Maybe that's a conspiracy theory we can throw out there. I laugh, right? But the thing is, if I said for long enough with a straight enough face that the Build-A-Bear workshop wasn't just a retail outlet that allowed you to create incredibly cute stuffed animals with an amazing array of accessories, that they are in fact actually a mask for a nefarious group of high-powered individuals deeply embedded within our own government to pull the very thread of our social fabric to mould and dictate the world in which we live in. If you stay there for long enough, with a straight enough face, somebody somewhere in this current climate is probably going to believe it. Yeah, look at your sheeple. You see that lovely looking hippo that's got those adorable rain boots and that umbrella to match? Yeah, you think that's a cute little toy for your daughter at Christmas, but really that little message inside of its chest with its beating heart that you can put in for a little bit extra. They do cost a little bit extra, by the way. It's full of subliminal messages. So every time your daughter's pressing that hippo's stomach and it's saying, I love you, Snooky Poo, or whatever it is, <laughs> it's really sending coded messages to her from the government and from the people that uh, Build-A-Bear have placed within the government. Yeah, you say that long enough, with a straight enough face, someone is going to eat that up. Anyway, Build-A-Bear conspiracy tangents aside, uh, one of the names on the list that I pulled from the sort of scattered information that was in that sort of cut-and-paste presentation on the website was Conrad Gerber. Uh, I started to dig into him a little bit, found that he started Petrologistics in 1980 and made himself CEO and chairman. Basically, Petrologistics, from what I understand, is a firm that collects and analyzes data on the world's supplies of oil. And allegedly... There's that word again, with strong emphasis. He used spook techniques, or the company did, or still does, I don't know. Users used spook techniques, spying techniques, to pierce the curtain of secrecy raised by oil-producing countries, especially the members of the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries in the Persian Gulf. So, if that's true, there's some shady oil business going on there. Again, if it's true. Gerber's connection to Le Circle was that he was the US chairman of Le Circle until 2002. That's about it that I found on my brief look into Conrad Gerber. But there's, yeah, as I said, there's sort of oil ties there, which kind of come back into place in a little bit. The real name that kind of fascinated me the most, probably because of the cool-sounding nickname, was Theodore, or Ted, Shackley, who was known as the Blonde Ghost. Yeah, the name alone, it kind of sounds like some Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy stuff, right? Uh, apparently, he was uh, a deep politician, which, uh, for those of you unfamiliar with that phrase, I was myself until I actually discovered it and sort of looked it up, is a hidden decision maker who are kept out of the public eye. And this is, this is where we kind of get into the dangers of the current conspiracies that everybody's buying into, the QAnon bullshit, you know, the, uh, the cabal nonsense. Um... Uh, again, I, I don't know how true any of this is, but this is what I've pulled up. He was a deep politician, um, supposedly one of nine men who had intimate operational knowledge of the circumstances surrounding the assassination of JFK. There is somebody who has allegedly linked him to 9-11, and he was apparently allegedly involved with the Lockerbie bombing. Again, how much of this is true, I don't know, but it makes, or even if it is completely fictional interesting stuff as long as you can kind of separate fiction from reality which i'm sure all of you wonderful wise intelligent people can do you don't have a problem with that no of course you don't anyway ted shackley was also apparently involved with oil trading in kuwait and had close times to an arms dealer named edwin wilson and this dude from what I found, is absolutely fascinating. I mean, Ted Shackley seems like he has got quite the history going on there himself, the old blonde ghost, but Edwin Wilson has quite the fascinating history himself as well. A former member of the CIA, um, along with Shackley, uh, Edward Wilson was allegedly, again, allegedly a member of something called Operation 40, which was apparently a CIA-sponsored hit squad in the 60s. Wilson was also believed to have been connected to drug trafficking in Panama 
and arms deals with Libya, for which he was actually arrested for uh, for selling 20 tons of C4 explosives to Colonel Muammar, I think that's how you pronounce his name, Gaddafi. So just Colonel Gaddafi, most people know him by. Yeah, crazy, right? When Wilson was arrested, he claimed that he was still working off the books for the CIA, even though he wasn't legally, technically, formally employed by them. He was working uh, out of patriotic duty for free, sort of, uh, sort of collaborating with them uh, of sorts on the side. They, of course, denied all knowledge of this. They didn't want anything to do with Wilson or what he was doing and basically threw him under the bus, said, yeah, this, this dude is not with us. He's operating on his own, doing his own thing. We don't know what he's talking about. And that was believed to be true. But evidently, it isn't that true. Uh, there are allegedly links to uh, Wilson and at least five different operations that tie him with the CIA. Apparently. Um, in 1979, a gun that Edwin Wilson arranged to be delivered to the Libyan embassy in the German city of Bonn was used to kill a political dissident. Uh, he was charged with this as well, and he was sentenced to 15 years for that, and 17 years for the whole, you know, shipping explosives to people that he shouldn't be shipping explosives to. So, yeah, quite a whack of a prison sentence. What is that, 30, 32 years? But but that's not it. Oh no, there's another twisty bend in this tale. Whilst waiting for his trial, Wilson attempted to recruit another prisoner to kill Lawrence Barcella, who was at the time the federal prosecutor. Yeah. Uh, the prisoner, instead of doing that, he basically said, look, Edwin, uh, you're dealing with this. Uh, I, I want no part of it, understandably. He then went to the authorities, told them what had happened, and then they set Wilson up with an undercover agent. The agent managed to tape Wilson, hiring him to kill the prosecutors, six witnesses, and his ex-wife, for which I think he got an additional 24 years. So, yeah, Edwin Wilson, uh, Ted Shackley, absolutely incredible, mind-blowing stories. Um, just really immense and dramatic histories for both of those guys. Wilson in particular, who I obviously did a bit more research into. But yeah, that's what I found from being prompted to look into Le Circle based on this website. I feel that there could possibly be an individual episode either on both of them, uh, on Le Circle as a whole, or perhaps just Edwin Wilson. I mean, Edwin Wilson, that story is just bullet points. I mean, if we took a deeper dive into his backstory, if we placed a more focused lens over his history, I think that in its own could be a really good episode, full of just uh, drama, turmoil, twists, turns, and, and who knows what else. I mean, just those notes alone uh, make for a pretty crazy ride. Speaking of which, let's jump back into my investigation into the LHOHQ website and all the weirdness that populates it. Class, I think we're making progress. We understand the powers that be, although most of us would rather forget. The last exquisite orphan of the executive nightmare assured that someone brings their cripples to their knees. It's, it's just a lot of, like, word salad. It seems like just a very strange, nonsensical rhetoric. Um, all sort of phrased and I guess formatted in a way that would be like some sort of uh, elitist talking to underlings I guess what's interesting and kind of curious is there are certain phrases and words uh, not so much underlined but underlined and captured in this vibrant flashing green box so the three sort of trigger words I guess that probably have hyperlinks attached to them are 777 pink and vineyards. So, yeah, no one tells you what's happening there, but I am going to try one of them. Let's go with vineyards. See where that takes us. Angela Merkel, uh, George W. Bush, um, the, the naked torso of a dude, uh, a young Donald Trump. Just walls and walls of text in huge headline formatted font. More of this sort of cut-and-paste glitchy GIF stuff. There's a picture of Dwight from The Office in the background uh, with a whole bunch of text about Homeland Security. A GIF of a man eating a banana. Very creepy-looking man eating a banana. I have no idea what that is. 
Now you just get like weird warping images. I wonder if you click on Dwight if that takes you anywhere. Or even the banana. Let's change the banana. Yeah, the banana seems to be taking us to a page called Man Eat Man. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. If you find yourself on here, don't go there. Well, you click on that and it takes you to a page called, um, I don't know what it's called, but the, the headline is Pink's Attempt to Penetrate the Orifice. This is clearly a huge parody, or just like a weird, weird piece of sort of internet art. Yeah, the more I dug into the websites and the further I went, the more that, that idea kind of really began to cement itself. The fact that it's either some kind of giant piece of satire or a satirical piece of, as I say, internet art, digital art, like some sort of performance project. Something that really tipped the scale into me leaning more heavily into this idea, into this sort of theory that that's exactly what LHOHQ is, is a video that sort of popped up. And there are several videos embedded throughout the different links. There are several links on each page. It is like one giant rabbit hole. You can go from one thing and then just follow a chain and find yourself in various different places, some of which are videos. But I went back to the home page and I clicked the blog post which had the girl with a gun uh, as the thumbnail image and it opened up this video and the video in question was very very strange to say the least it was like a mix of the same sort of cut and paste uh sort of aesthetic as the website but with more sort of graphics it looked like things were taken from like uh vintage magazines like 50s magazines psa videos archive footage from different short films and there was a lot of uh warped audio Talks of mind control, talks of the subconscious, this constant reference to a guy named Bob. There was uh, sort of symbolism and sort of weird iconography. Yeah, just all these sort of things layered into this bizarre, very textured collage of sorts. Bob? Message is now part of and registered in your subconscious mind. Every time you say, Yeah, so there you go. By the way, don't worry, I'm not tricking you into sort of some kind of subliminal messaging. I'm not coding uh, messages into your brain with this podcast at all. No. That's next week's episode. Um, yeah, so it turns out, after doing a little bit of digging, and by all means do search this, you can find the actual video in full. It is over on YouTube. In fact, what I'm going to do is I will put it in the show notes for this episode. So if you're interested in seeing this bizarre sort of collage of things uh, in full, you can do that. I'll put it up on the show notes. But yeah, it is apparently one of two videos made, I think, around about 1986 by this very niche and esoteric group called Bob and the Church of the Subgenius. Now, if you've never heard of them, don't worry. I don't think most people have. I only have a very, very, very vague passing reference to them in the fact that I have seen a trailer for a documentary that was made about them some time ago. That's about the extent of my knowledge other than what I dug up about them after finding out this video belonged to them that was made by them. They were, and I think it's were, because I'm pretty sure, but don't ever quote me on that, I'm pretty sure that they are no longer a thing. Uh, certainly not on the scale that they once were, but they were a counterculture parody religion. So basically just a group that were combining ideas of theology, conspiracy theory, and apparently the subversion of middle class and mainstream values. So it kind of seemed to me... And I am interested to do more research into this. I'm actually thinking of doing an episode based on them because I think that is quite a rich sort of vein to tap into. I think there's quite a bit in there to mine. But yeah, it seemed as if this whole thing started off as some kind of sort of satirical joke or some sort of lark between a few people. And then it kind of grew and grew into this sort of movement all of its own. So that's where that video comes from. And it seems to me that a lot of the inspiration for LHOHQ as a whole comes from that as well. It seems to be very much inspired and sort of formed in the essence of what Bob and the Church of the Subgenius were doing. Just a lot of meshing of mainstream ideas, conspiracies, 
theology, iconography, symbolism, all sorts of stuff. Uh, you know, things like uh, MK Ultra, Mind Control, Manhattan Project, different ideas of tech, science, politics, business, and religion all meshed together in some kind of zany, and I hate that word, but I'm going to use it because it kind of fits here, zany, anarchic, satirical art project slash satirical enterprise. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe what this is, but it seems to be very much taken uh, inspiration from the Church of the Subgenius for sure. How much that LHOHQ is completely sort of absorbed and, and soaked and steeped in satire, I don't know. I do think for sure there is absolutely, undeniably a comedic sort of zany sense and sensibility to the whole project. But there are things in there which kind of seem like they are veering on a more serious side. We'll get into that towards the back end of this episode where I kind of investigate the website a little bit more using external sources. Um, but my investigation basically had me just sort of go through the rest of the website and I'm finding all sorts of strange things that really don't make much sense and are sort of kind of out of context but on brand <laughs> to use a phrase I never use for this website. So you've got, again, fluorescent green-yellow optical illusions, those sort of wibbly-wobbly sort of 3D ripply pictures. This led me to a thing called the Labor Report, and it was all about financial espionage and some sort of excerpt from something talking about the danger of cloud data storage and how, unlike seizing property from your house, the police don't actually need a warrant to take data you have stored on a cloud server, which I did not know. But that is actually kind of good to know, if that's actually true. I have not looked into the full legitimacy of that. Um, maybe someone can tell me. Maybe I can just do my own damn research. That would be an option. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure about that. But if that is true, if they can take data that you have stored on a cloud server without a warrant, then there's some iffy territory. I mean, for me... I don't really care who sees what I've got loaded onto my data storage, essentially, because the very worst that I have on there are probably an excessive amount of cat pictures and maybe some pictures of me when I was a bit heavier doing some before and after stuff. So that's about the height of the sort of inflammatory material that somebody could ransack from my data storage, police officer or not. But it's the idea, it's the principle, the notion that, you know, digitally they can just kick in your door and take what they want that is what is a bit iffy for me if again if that is actually true something else that i did find that was of interest was a post on coronavirus about covid so this is obviously still being maintained and added to in some degree it's it's not just being left dormant there is somebody still kind of working the mechanics of it and as i say adding bits and pieces so, you know, out of curiosity, I clicked the coronavirus post and it took me to a place which had a header that read celestial geometry. So that's kind of curious, right? Let's look into that celestial geometry. That then led me to a page called the Propaganda Archive, which was full of just codes, an article on Galileo, pictures of Saddam Hussein, a mock poster advertising a bake sale for jihadis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just a real weird mix. It also contained a header that read geometry. So, you know, we've, we've gone into celestial geometry. Let's just go into regular geometry. This led us to a basic web page that detailed a conspiracy theory that key points on a map of the Washington Street plan create the shape of a pentagram. It also had an additional link, and this takes us somewhat full circle, to a page on Bohemian Grove. Yeah. Mm, that old chestnut with a giant stone owl. Um, digging further into the website, I went back to the homepage and began to look through some of the static pages in the menu. And the one that was of most interest, that wasn't just full of like, text and random clippings and political excerpts and pictures and flashing colours, was the advertising page. I clicked on that, and it led me to a series of UFO reports from MUFON, which, for those of you who don't know, is the Mutual UFO Network. It also had an educational film from the 50s about space travel. Gentlemen, the conquest of outer space is the greatest technological challenge 
the age in which we live. So, the video in question is actually a filmed lecture from 1955 given by a guy called Dr. Werner von Braun, who was apparently a German-born American aerospace engineer and space architect. That is a mouthful, but it is also somebody who is clearly far more clever than me, so I'm not going to criticise their job title. Dr. von Braun was apparently, by all accounts, the leading figure in the development of rocket technology in Nazi Germany. He was also a pioneer of rocket and space technology in the United States. Now, this came about due to a thing called Operation Paperclip, which all of this is new to me. And so, uh, uh, despite the frustrations with this website, despite the weirdness, the strangeness, the headache-inducing flashing lights, I have actually learned quite a lot, like little bits and pieces, little nuggets of knowledge have kind of fallen into my brain because of this website. So I can only be thankful for sort of diving into this rabbit hole. Anyway, Dr. von Braun. He was about one of 1,600 other German scientists, engineers and technicians that were brought over by the US military in Operation Paperclip. The primary purpose of Paperclip was to gain US military advantage in the Soviet-American Cold War and the space race. So yeah, Dr. Werner von Braun kind of worked for both sides, and obviously in this video he is giving a lecture about space travel and the militarization of space. So that's in there on the website. Kind of going back to what I was saying, it's a hodgepodge of business, politics, finance, science, tech, religion. All of these seem to be cornerstones, or at least sort of core elements to what the Church of the Subgenius was tackling and sort of digging into. But why? That is the question. Why are they tackling these issues? Why are they digging into this? I'm talking about LHOHQ here. Obviously, the Church of the Subgenius were doing it. As I, as I said, kind of what I think was, was basically like a lark, was sort of some sort of satirical joke that kind of spiralled into a sort of cult of its own. But what is the deal with LHOHQ? Why are they kind of following in similar footsteps? Why are they sort of looking at and sampling all of these different topics and arranging them in this order. What is the point? What is the purpose? What actually is LHOHQ? So in a move that kind of took me all the way back to the start, I found myself on YouTube and I found myself watching this video by a guy called Blame It On George. That's George with a J, J-O-R-G-E. I'm going to include his video in the show notes for this as well. So if you kind of want to dive a little bit deeper into it and see what George had to say during his investigation, you can check that out. But he found pretty much similar things to what I did. The the Bob and the Churches of Genius video, a lot of the sort of cut and paste article stuff, the flashing lights, the clickable links, the weird things with guns, the nudity. He found all of that. So we kind of had a similar experience for the most part, but I did learn some stuff about LHOHQ digging into George's video. And one of them, and this kind of harkens back to what I was saying just a few moments ago, is that there are some serious elements to this. And those serious elements come in the form of leaks. Apparently, on several pages, you can find email addresses, telephone numbers and physical addresses of numerous people. Numerous people presumably of some sort of stature or ranking in different perhaps governing bodies or political systems or sort of groups that have some sort of significance or importance. Yeah, there's some serious doxing going on, including contact information for the likes of Bill and Hillary Clinton. Yeah. With all due respect, I am going to borrow a disclaimer that George uses in his video, a disclaimer that I am very much of the same opinion and very much behind. I want to remind everybody that there could very well be some serious consequences in contacting the people involved, and I highly advise against doing so. I'm just here to take you on the journey I went through while exploring this website. During his exploration of the website, George did actually manage to find some information about the early sort of incarnations of LHOHQ about its history, managed to trace down the earliest mention of it to a forum post on a website called Above Top Secret back in 2007, in which the poster talked about finding a piece of paper with a cryptic design on it that he found attached to a billboard in, of all places, Milwaukee. This is my Milwaukee! Right, see? 
goes all the yeah, see, see what happened there. Through some online sleuthing, the person behind the Blame It On George YouTube channel, which we're just going to call George because it's easier than saying the person behind the Blame It On George YouTube channel. Yeah, through some pretty spectacular internet sleuthing, I have to say, George managed to find that an edited short film that is embedded and featured on the LHOHQ website is actually a short film that was entered into a short film competition in Milwaukee back in 2007. So this kind of puts forward the idea that the piece of paper that we talked about just a few moments ago with the uh, the cryptic design on it that was found in Milwaukee could possibly be a piece of guerrilla marketing for the short film. And that LHOHQ is an extension of that, that it is a art project and a guerrilla marketing idea all in one. I believe that George also found another edited short film that he linked to the same filmmaker, or filmmakers, which is on the LHOHQ website. If you are going to go look and you want to see these short films, then you can find them under, I believe, the products page. That's where they are. A really interesting point that George brings up in the video that I was completely unaware of and that he really shone a light on is the fact that LHOHQ is just one letter away from LHOOQ, which apparently, and I again had no idea about this, but apparently LHOOQ was an art piece by the artist Michel Duchamp, uh, an artist who was very famously anti-mainstream and had desires to challenge the idea of what art is through avant-garde work. So, yeah, it kind of makes sense that he's an influence, that Bob and the Church is a subgenius are an influence, and for me, it really does solidify the fact that although there may be some dangerous material, some definitely material that shouldn't be on that website, the whole thing is a sort of counter-culture art project. One that is admittedly very strange and is kind of going into some uh, some ethical territories, I guess, and that is kind of confronting people with ideas that they may not have had before. It kind of seems definitely, yeah, that it is a satirical sort of art project of sorts, but also with a sort of agenda to it. You know, it's kind of like prodding people through... Uh, strange art and sort of representation and aesthetics and design choices and content choices to think differently, to question things. And if that is their agenda, if it is to encourage people to be more critical with their thinking, more independent with their ideas and their beliefs, then yeah, ultimately as much (laughs) as those flashing lights gave me a headache... I am kind of behind that. Maybe not so much some of the execution involved in the project, for sure. Some of the execution I could really do without. But the intent, if that is the intent, if there is in fact an intent, and it isn't just a sort of, I don't know, nihilistic exercise, um, or attempt to just, just without any sense of mercy, poke fingers at people and our just general collective stupidity and idiocy, maybe that is the point, I don't know, but if it isn't, if the intent is to get people thinking more critically and behaving in a more independent manner and getting them to question the things they are confronted with and that they are given, then, yeah, absolutely, I am behind the intent. Whatever is going on over there, um, yeah, it's a weird one for sure, but if you want to go check it out, do do go, have a look, see what you find, maybe you find different things, because it does seem like there are several different combinations with all the clickable embedded links in all the different pages and articles, it seems like it is pretty deeply layered, so if you do go exploring, let me know what you find. If you are curious to explore further, but you want to do it from an understandably safer distance, then make sure to go check out the video from Blame It On George about LHOHQ. I'm going to include it in the show notes for this episode, so you can just go over to dime-out.com and look at the show notes for this episode, and you can find it right there. Some really interesting stuff that I haven't touched on here that is mentioned in George's video, like the idea of uh, affiliated blog post authors using uh, fake names and uh, real people's names 
but instead of actually using real profile pictures, they're sort of warped profile pictures of real people. So like the smudging of identity for people sort of working on this project, obviously keeping a sense of anonymity and uh, and other strange things as well. More into his sleuthing as well behind the scenes in terms of uh, what he's found regarding the the origins and links to different things related to LHOHQ. So yeah, if you want to look at it from a safer distance, that's definitely a good way to go. But yeah, this was uh, this was something. It was an experience. Let's put it like that. It was definitely an experience, and uh, I'm glad I had it. Uh, as I said, I found some interesting things out that I had no idea about going through the different layers of this rabbit hole. I found out different things from history. Not everything that I know to be true. Uh, some of which could be very not true. <laughs> I don't know, but it's stuff to look into and certainly sort of plumb the depths of um, for either personal interest or possible individual episodes. Yeah, I'm genuinely feeling like there may be an Edward Wilson episode in here at some point. There's definitely, I think, going to be a Bob and the Church of the Subgenius episode at some point as well, because I feel like there's a pretty rich mine to dig into. If you have other things that are related that you think would make for good content or good episodes, then please do let me know. Likewise, if you are familiar with or know of other strange websites or alternative reality games, which is something I didn't know was a thing until I dug into this. And since then, I have found a few, one of which is called Dad is on YouTube. And I've only cracked the surface. Uh, well, I say crack. I've just sort of scuffed the surface. And it's already full of sort of weirdness that is a little bit sinister. And just, yeah, I don't know how to explain Dad on YouTube. Just just look it up. Yeah, and you'll see exactly what I mean. But yeah, if you've got stuff like that, if you've got alternative reality games you think would make for interesting content episodes, if you've got weird websites that you know about, stuff like that, uh, let me know. Get in touch. The best way to do so is via Instagram or Facebook. You can find me at I am Mal Foster. Best way to get your suggestions through. We do, of course, have a Facebook group, but those... Two avenues are the ones that you're going to get a more direct response to. So, yeah, send your suggestions for weird online stuff there. But, you know, in in moderation and to, you know, a certain level of weirdness. Speaking of a certain level of weirdness, if you want to support this certain level of weirdness that is this podcast, then the best way you can do so, if you haven't done already, is to simply subscribe. Just search for Dimed Out wherever you get your podcast from. Chances are we'll pop up subscribe and that way not only are you helping us out you're helping yourself out as well because you never have to manually go and retrieve an episode ever again isn't that amazing yeah it's totally amazing speaking of totally amazing and i've got to stop doing segues by saying speaking of because it gets pretty tired if you want to help us out even further and you want to get more dined out content there is a way you can do both of those things simultaneously we have a patreon account we have one single $5 tier. For that $5 a month, you get an extra episode, a live stream, access to the official Dined Out Discord channel, plenty of other stuff as well. You can find out all about the things we're offering by heading over to patreon.com forward slash Dined Out. All right, shameful shilling is now done. For this week, that's pretty much it. We have come through the other side of this strange labyrinthian rabbit hole. Hopefully the better. Definitely a little bit the wiser, definitely a bit more freaked out and fascinated, which is always a good combination, right? Sure. Um, yeah, but that's it for this week. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Hopefully you've learned something. Hopefully you've... Um, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know with this one. Hopefully something good has happened. Next week, as I say, we've got some good stuff on the way fingers crossed um if not then we're gonna we're gonna improvise like jazz baby gonna take it somewhere else but hopefully that is not the case and hopefully everything goes according to plan but that is next week for this week that's us that's it we're done that's a wrap as always thank you for listening look after yourselves look after each other and until next time keep it dimed out